When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Mm -hmm. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Become a diehard. Go phnx.com immediately following this show today. A special for our PHNX Cardinals diehard open Q&A. I am, of course, Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. It has roughly been 365, 366 days, if we're being technical, since Arizona Cardinal GM Monty Austin Ford took over as the first external executive general manager for this fine franchise in over 30 years. And today, we're going to talk about his wins, his losses, and where this team projects to go, Bo Brock. Yeah, a gigantic, roaring success going outside the organization, maybe even being not the first option as far as the Arizona Cardinals and their search for an NF, their next general manager. There was reports that Ian Cunningham, who's a popular name this offseason, interviewed yeah. in Washington uh, to name a few spots. He turned down the gig reportedly, and it actually worked in the Cardinals' favor. I think Monty Austin Ford has been fantastic as their general manager. He absolutely got the assignment as far as what was necessary for this organization. Um, and he's on to step two of the rebuild where he tore this thing down and prepared him for this 2024 offseason. So I'm excited to learn more about Monty Austin Ford, but I, I also really like what I've seen from the Cardinals' GM. And, you know, as you said, a very special PHNX Cardinals. That's what today is, and that's what the member Discord, you know, post show is going to be. Um, and I'm glad that we've got Bronny Venerable here to dress to to your nines. Yeah, I feel like Austin Ford would approve of this um, kind of <laughs> attire. He's a Bronny guy himself. I feel like, and so yeah. listen. At the end of the day, lots of good, uh, good to dive into as it relates to Austin Ford. That's that's kind of where I want to start. Now, Bo, you put together a quality list. And I would agree with everything that we discussed prior to the show as it relates to what he's achieved. And I don't think you can minimize it by just saying, well, the, the Cardinals, they won four games this year. It's much more than that. And it started this time last year. So if you remember, if everybody remembers, Austin Ford was hired fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Bidwell gave his end of the year speech to Bo and the rest of the media, basically saying like no stone uncovered did some interviews and I felt like Austin Ford was hired like a week to 10 days after that. But then, then it was the coaching search that basically engulfed this franchise and this fan base for the better part of what, six weeks. It was crazy. 
It was. Uh, I mean, we almost navigated the entire pre-free agency offseason without a head coach. It was insane. I mean, we got to the end of the past the Super Bowl yeah. without the coaching vacancy being filled. And, yeah. you know, you know, we followed some crazy storylines, one that might have included Broncos head coach, you know, Sean Payton at the at that point, which hit the the climax as far as the Cardinals. Uh, pursuit of him from behind, a, I think, like a Toyota Corolla that Cam Cox had 12 news cameras out there yeah. scoping out Sean Payton and, and Michael Bidwell. But Monty Austin Fort was a part of that. And he, you know, as soon as he got on the job, he started, you know, kind of giving a token interview to Vance Joseph. But then you would hear like every couple days, like you'd hear two to three different candidates coming in from Frank Reich to – uh, you know, Mike Kafka to Lou Anarumo to, you know, all the way up until the final candidate was announced that they were going to interview and reports of it was Jonathan Gannon. And mm-hmm. he was somebody that we found out Monty Austin Fort going into, I guess, the 2022 season. He understood that, look, he was on deck to become a general manager in the NFL. And in order to maybe secure that job, potential organizations were going to ask him who's on your short list for head coach because it's usually part and parcel as far as GM likely bringing in his own head coach when he gets the gig and and he wanted to have that. So he identified, you know, potential candidates that, that upcoming off season and Jonathan Gannon was a part of it, despite, you know uh, what we're going to get into probably in the bad part, the tampering charges that the Cardinals uh, endured in uh, part of what Austin Fort did and stepped overstepped during the Super Bowl run for the Eagles. Yeah, and you look back to the coaching cycle of last year, and I, I would say unequivocally the Cardinals dodged a bullet with Sean Payton. Sean, you know, they won more games this year, but at what cost? The Broncos paid a first-round pick for Sean Payton. Sean Payton and the relationship with Russell Wilson, that imploded. So for Austin Ford to be able to find his head coach and to weed out what works and what doesn't work with Jonathan Gannett, they talked about, okay, we want to emphasize no ego. We want to bring a, a culture tone setter and, you know, yeah, he didn't make the postseason. He didn't win, you know, 10-plus games like D'Amico Ryan and, and Shane Steichen. But, again, you have to grade on a curve with this franchise given to where the roster was and is right now. Like those other franchises, I mean, we all thought that, you know, at the end of the day, the Broncos were going to have more immediate success because of Sean Payton. Now, I didn't think D'Amico Ryans and Shane Steichen were going to have the success that they did, but I also – you have to look at the you know the idea that the Cardinals face the toughest strength of schedule in the NFL this year outside of Cincinnati. So not only are you asking Austin Ford to tackle that with a limited roster that's been mismanaged, but you're also asking Jonathan Gannon to come in and feel comfortable basically gutting this team, hey, coach what we have on the fly, and then it's about 2024. I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I was told that privately from people like, hey, we're going to try to win games this year. We're optimistic about the young talent. A lot of rookies are going to play. But at the end of the day, this is going to be about 2024. And the vision has never wavered. Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for the unity that they have throughout the course of this past season, last offseason, into this offseason. It's something that I, I it's a breath of fresh air because I don't think it was there with Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. I think mm-hmm. it was hit or miss with Arians and Steve Kime, Rod Graves, Ken Wisner. I mean, the list goes on and on. Like you feel like if you guys go back and watch the draft segments from the team and, and all that insight. Gannon is here to coach the players. That's what he does. He doesn't, right. I can tell you definitively based on people close to him, he does not mess with personnel. That's the best relationship. Austin Ford knows what Gannon wants and what he doesn't want. 
It's going to go out and buy the groceries for them. Yeah, and in their own respective departments where you've got Monty Ford obviously in the front office uh, up there in his ivory tower, up there with ownership and, and working on the roster and being the main architect for that. Yeah. And then Jonathan Gannon with the coaching staff and then with the players – you know, I think that both of them do an incredible job as master delegators. I think that that's such a big part of being a, a coach, an, an exec in the NFL these days, or any successful, you know, sporting sport operation, right? Organization. I think that you need to have just master delegators. Obviously, you've got your strengths, like Jonathan Gannon's strength is defense and leadership, and Monty Austin Ford is is scouting and and obviously. Uh, finding players throughout the league and, and through the you know amateur levels and, and, and kind of being that guy who who constructs rosters. Uh, but they also you know I'm sure Monty Austinfort uh, with Dave Sears who he appointed his assistant general manager and what his role and what his scouts roles are. Mm-hmm. I think he puts them in positions for success and trust what they're doing. And the same thing goes for Jonathan Gannon as far as his position coaches, main coordinators, and Nick Rollis and uh, Drew Petzing and, and everybody on that coaching staff. He, he delegates to those guys and puts them in positions to be successful and, and, and feeds off that, and the organization succeeds uh, by them doing that. Mike, blow me grief here with a $2 super chat. Why does Johnny say Ford instead of Fourth? I didn't notice that. Austin Fort? You want me to emphasize the T? Austin Fort? <laughs> Johnny, you picked Dak over K1, too much OGs. Is it going to be like that today? Is that how the show is going to be? When did uh, you do that? Let, I, uh, I, when, when, in uh, Kyler Murray's, what, second game back, you took Dak Prescott, who was who was dealing at that point, like despite how the Cowboys went out. I mean, you you couldn't, like Dak Prescott, He's I think he's probably going to the NFL Awards as a, as a finalist for, for most valuable player. player. Right, yeah. but you know. Don't don't let the facts get in the way. Like I can't win. It's either I'm too big of a Kyler fanboy or I'm under. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like when we talk about when you look at like the 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 Cardinals dodged a bullet with with Sean Payton and some casuals would look at that like that's crazy. Like this is a team that was knocking on the door of the NFL postseason. It might be a couple plays away, right, from being there and playing meaningful games in January. Uh, and then the Cardinals win only four games. But, man, I would sign up 10 out of 10 times for the direction that the Arizona Cardinals are going. And it's just like it, – it's it's. but to Didi's point, it's, it's Kyler versus Dak. And what's the upside? What do we know about Dak and, you know, what we want to see from, from Kyler Murray? Like, and I think where Kyler Murray still has a tremendous amount of upside, well, I think this Arizona Cardinals roster, even though it's at – nearly bare bones outside of the quarterback position and maybe the tackle position and a few others uh, like they, they can really, especially with, with great coaching and great leadership from the front office, they can try like really change things around and get it trending in the right direction consistently for the near future. What has Dak been the benefactor of since he got to Dallas? The personnel department with the Dallas Cowboys has been, borderline elite I, they draft really well i mean he had zeke from the moment he got there the offensive yeah. line was a plus unit he's had multiple good tight ends he's he's gone from did he, he play with des bryant then he went to of course cd lamb they traded for brandon cooks like that team does a nice job with personnel they do yeah. and the cardinals are hopefully going to get there and i think the next topic of discussion as it relates to austin ford and how this whole thing can help kyler murray is the acquisition subsequently of Dave Sears from Detroit coming over yeah. to Arizona. 
you look at the blueprint that the Lions have. I know it's a trendy thing to say Cardinals are the next Lions, but I mean, they, they put a plan in place when Dave Sears was there, director of college scouting, where they were going to go after the college elites. And then, oh, by the way, find an Amina Ron St. Brown on day three mm-hmm. of the draft and then go meet and potatoes with Hutchinson and Panay Sewell, trade up for a sweetener and Jamison Williams. Like Cardinals are very much on that trajectory, all while supporting an older, I say older veteran quarterback, Jared Goff, a la Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I think I think it bodes well for the Cardinals, especially like Dave Sear had a little bit of an imprint in last year's draft class, and I think we would all attest to the, the draft class being very productive. I think they've just scratched the surface with their college scouting. I think oh, yeah. this year in particular, I, I know it's easy to telegraph Marvin at four and, and pick 27, pick 35. They're going to find starters on day three of this draft. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've already shown in a short sample size without their guys in place from a scouting standpoint that they can do it. And and that's that's a big part of the the I think you add on on the good list, right? When you've got the good and the bad. And I want to kind of highlight a couple of those. And we'll start with the good. Monty Austin Fort year one, Monty year one, the hiring of Jonathan Gannon. Yep. The hiring is uh, the man you just mentioned, Dave Sears, and how integral he was in the success and the turnaround of the Detroit Lions and what he's doing here already. Uh, I think his ability to make unpopular moves in shedding salaries and not taking on salaries just to retain previous players who were hitting free agency like a Byron Murphy or Zach Allen. Like, what would have those guys done as far as really impacting what the Arizona Cardinals' final record was? Like, Zach Allen gives you, you know, a good defensive front player that you seriously lacked, but at the the price you would have had to pay him and the impact that the, he makes as far as the overall defensive performance, like, I don't know that it gets the Cardinals much more than, you know, another maybe one more win two more wins. And then you've got, you know, accumulated the draft capital. That was huge. And that came on, you know, draft day and throughout the three day process. And then it had a solid 2023 NFL draft. And in like when we were kind of texting back and forth, you said, you know, aiding Kyler Murray and his rehab and his recovery and in, in put giving him and creating the infrastructure for him to really find success not to have to kind of do it on his own like the previous regime really relied on him to do. And, and that's foreshadowing on another conversation we're going to have later in this show on his previous head coach. I think Monty Austin Ford demonstrated immense patience and a foresight to be able to say, my franchise quarterback needs me to protect him. And I'm going to put myself maybe in harm's way of the media to say, listen, because there are people were asking Austin Ford about Caleb Williams. You remember that last fall in in a presser in July and August, and Austin Ford's like, guys, can we just start the season? <laughs> and even this podcast, we're guilty of it. Bring Kyler back. Why isn't he playing? They could not have handled, in retrospect, the Kyler Murray situation any better. I mean, you think about how how they did it. They walked a tightrope, led by Austin Ford, and subsequently Gannon. He's going to get eight games. He's going to knock the rust off. And then subsequently, he's going to play his best football, making people want more, asking for more the last month of the season. He's 100% healthy now. We didn't play our way out of a top pick, still very much alive for an elite blue chip player, the best non-quarterback in the draft, and Marvin Harrison Jr. And Kyler Murray played the Cardinals out of Caleb Williams, Drake May. I mean, the entire thing, while painful at the time, give credit to Austin Ford. Like, I, I don't want to discredit Kyler Murray and the job he did kicking ass in rehab. That, that's all him. But he yeah. was also empowered by 
Gannon and Austin Ford. It's one thing to have Cliff Kingsbury and subsequently Steve Kime stab you in the back time after time and question your work ethic. Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon going to Kyler Murray's Heisman, Heisman um, Trophy statue unveiling um, at Oklahoma, supporting him throughout the course of the offseason, telling him to take his time. Kyler Murray, we had its source, was pushing not even to be put on pup. Austin Ford said, we're not messing around with that. Yeah, You're too big a part of our future. And while we're going to talk about like their misses to – to find an heir apparent, at least in the intermediate, at quarterback, the way they handled Kyler Murray, I thought was fantastic. That brain trust, GM, head coach, quarterback, is locked solid because of the example set by Austin Ford way back when in January. And I think also as far as the handling of players um, internally, the Buda Baker situation, I thought that they did a, a really good job. Remember how much of a Absolutely. pushover the Great old point. regime was? I mean, yeah. Like you had Marcus Golden, who had an injury right in the weight room. Yeah, he miraculously got better when he signed. He got more money, and DJ Humphreys had uh, a stomach issue, and then mm-hmm. you know he put pen to paper on a, an extension, and man, he was back on the practice field the next day. And the players, they just ran that place right, and anything they wanted, the the front office, the coaching staff. Either enabled it or they just, you know, dropped down and 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 absolutely did whatever the, the players asked of them. And he I think he set the tone in where he's like, I'm gonna I'm willing to work with you, Buda Baker. Like I, yeah. I understand your frustration. I mean, don't pin all your frustrations on us, the the sins of your our predecessors in in the former regime. And we know you only have one winning season under your belt since being brought in here since 2017. That's brutal. We understand that, but we have a task at hand too. We got some priorities. And they went through that and checked off those lists. And then they addressed Buddha in their own way. And then they just say, you know what? Here's a blank check. We got some extra cash lying around here. You fill this out, whatever you feel is necessary to make you happy. They didn't do that. They they found something that that got Buddha back. Because I think they had the confidence that once Buddha was back in the building, and that and Buddha had every right to do this, and, and every player has every right to do this, and because it, in in this league where there's not a ton of guaranteed dollars relative to other pro sports leagues and, and guaranteed contracts, get yours while you can. Um, Buddha Baker came to terms with his organization, and it seems like he's happy now. It seems like he's he's a happy player. So and when we look, so I then we look at the bad. And the bad, it's not overwhelming. And I think when you look at this year, it's not necessarily nitpicking. There's one glaring, I think, um, not omission, but place where they drop the ball. But we'll, we'll just start with, and we'll go kind of just step by step how it happened. The, the tampering charge was, I think, avoidable. Yeah, but in in the grand scheme of things, what they had to give up if Jonathan Gannon becomes, you know, a a star head coach, a tenure head coach, it's a drop in the bucket. And again, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to, we talked about giving up a first round pick for Sean Payton. They did a third round pick swap with Philadelphia. And then they beat Philadelphia's ass late. (laughs) Like it almost cancels each other out. It's almost like Gannon and Kyler Murray's like, Austin Ford, we got your back. But yeah, it was avoidable. But at the same time, like I'm going to tell you right now, that has happened with other franchises, with other GMs, with other head coaching openings and JJ Watts talking to D'Amico Ryan's in his final game, and JJ Watts saying, "Go win in Houston, baby!" Like this is this is this is 
the the doing of Jeffrey Lurie, yeah, and their G- general manager Howie Roseman because the they were upset that they didn't get Vic Fangio, and then subsequently Jonathan Gannon stole Nick Rollis from them, so they had to complain to the NFL. Like that's not an opinion; that's a fact. That's what happened. They bitched and complained about Vic Fangio. They were upset about Nick Rollis, and they complained to the league, and they wanted to embarrass the Cardinals, and they embarrassed them on draft night. And then Austin Ford went to work. Like I, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, sure we were disappointed at the time. I don't, I don't, I'm so over that storyline because I think the Cardinals definitely got the upper hand. Mm-hmm. The pick swap that they had, you know, Garrett Williams were confident. Michael Wilson later in the third round. If those guys are stars, who cares? That yeah, I actually disagree with you though. I think the handling of the quarterback position. Outside no, I was going in order. order. I was going well, in yeah, order. Yeah, but you you told you said that you thought that that was the biggest oh, error that they made last year. I disagree. I think how I, they I didn't say that. I thought you said that. Maybe no. Not. I was trying to just say we're going in order in time. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I would I would say what happened the following month during free agency, uh, after they hired Gannon and tampered was the biggest error. They screwed around with the backup quarterback spot, and I think. It didn't hamper anybody's production or, excuse me, development. It hampered production, though. And uh, they should have paid more for Joshua Dobbs in March. They should have paid for Jacoby Brissett, who was a non-factor in Washington. They put their trust in Colt McCoy, elite human being, great person, not an NFL player anymore. Mm-hmm. They screwed that up because I, I think we all knew Kyler Murray was going to miss some time. They clearly knew he was going to miss a lot of time in the form of half the season. Clayton Toon wasn't fair for him to have to start that game in Cleveland. They should have signed Joshua Dobbs. I have it sort like they regret doing that. They regret how they handled that. And that's why I think very much so they're going to sign a veteran to back up Kyler Murray this year. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one, and I think this is true nitpicking, just when looking at the task that was on hand for for Monty Osfort and the mess that he had to clean up roster wise yeah. was he didn't really seriously address the defensive line in the cornerback spot, which where I thought they were severely undermanned. They rode way too long with a guy like Marco Wilson, who they, as you know, at before the end of the season just said, take a hike. Um, but I mean, that that's where I think if they could have had at least a little leveled up, players and I know you've said this before if they just had a little bit better personnel at those positions you know look at how competitive they were even without that and the liabilities that they had up front like they could have been way more competitive than they were this season but I you know you can only address so much when you're trying to clean up the mess left by Steve Kime they they had a goal in mind they didn't want to come into this year with anything lingering and they accomplished that goal DeAndre Hopkins is officially off their books they don't have any bad contracts. Isaiah Simmons is gone. Marco Wilson is gone. I mean, it, this roster turnover, I can't wait to do a deep dive after free agency in the draft. Uh, the amount of Steve Kime holdovers are, are going to be very slim. Don't let your wallet or your betting wallet get slim. <laughs> Check us out. Our friends at BetMGM, Bet5, get 158 instantly. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I like a, let's go with a four-teamer parlay this weekend. I'm going to pick every game. Five bucks, 158 instantly, parlay action. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go favorites. I like Buffalo, Baltimore. We're just, we're taking the money line, folks. We're not taking the spread. Baltimore, Buffalo. I think 
I think after last week's a bunch of upsets, I think the favorite's going to win this week. San Francisco big, unfortunately, and I think Detroit handles Baker Mayfield and company. Four-leg parlay, bet five bucks, get 158 instantly with our friends at BetMGM. If you're a new customer, what are you waiting for? Five bucks via your iOS, Android, or BetMGM.com. And again, if you win, you get your payout plus the 158. If you lose, 158 in bonus bets is yours to do what you want. But do it with our friends at BetMGM. It's the bonus code PHNX. Tell them PHNX Cardinals sent you. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to my guys, Shane Diefenbach's replacement, Damon Dog, <laughs> talk about it in the disclaimer. One problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text 467-369-NEW-YORK. 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-991-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Damon Dog taking over that for Shane is like Monty taking over for Steve Kime. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's an upgrade. You guys are crushing wow, wow, in the wow, chat. Wow, wow, we wow. got some super chats coming your way, but I want to acknowledge this one. Guillermo. Yeah. Uh, Guillermo from uh, Brazil. Watching all the way from Brazil, always wow. on my AirPods while I work. Love the podcast. What Thank do you, you guys so think about moving Paris to left tackle safe with it? Go Cards. It's really going to come down that? to, yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to, you know, how this offseason goes. I mean, Paris Johnson was studying the work of Lane Johnson, who's, who was drafted, started at right tackle, stayed at right tackle. And in this day and age, you need both. You need the bookends, right? And left tackle, no doubt about it. Can't discount how important it is. Um, but the Arizona Cardinals, are they're going to have to find a tackle of some sort. I don't think they're going to roll with, with Calvin Beecham as a starter going forward without DJ Humphreys. And if you are going to move Paris Johnson Jr., this would be the offseason and this would be the season to do it. Uh, but then you would have to account for the right tackle position. And, I mean, they're going to be very much in on tackles this offseason in some capacity. And I think that Paris Johnson Jr. and what he did over there with Will Hernandez, I wouldn't mind seeing that continue, but I understand the importance of of the left tackle position, the blind side of Kyler Murray and how you might want to start that right now. Do you think it's harder and more important to have a, a quality left tackle or right tackle? What's more valued in the NFL? Well, yeah, left tackle. Okay, so the Cardinals, knowing that, spent not only the 12th overall pick, but pick 34 last year yeah. to trade up. Do you do that for a right tackle? You might, but I think, to Bo's point, I think he's I think he's going to take reps at left tackle. Calvin Beecham's played right tackle before, and then I think you draft the heir apparent to Kelvin Beecham at right tackle at pick 27 or 35. Maybe you sign somebody in free agency. The Humphreys injury changed everything because I think they would have very much been content with running that back, probably. Mm-hmm. But I you've spent you spent premium resources. Let's make Paris a left tackle and and go find a right tackle. Yeah. Um, you know, talk about left tackles, their franchise players. Some boroughs, my franchise, uh, go to spot to eat. I mean, Love it's that. it's right there. My wife and I, my my son, we're at some boroughs once a week. We already stopped there on Monday on the holiday, had some delicious food. Wife's always getting the number nine, the two tacos, shredded beef, beans and rice. It's delicious. I always mix it up. I went with the tostada and the folded taco. My son, he's getting the Ninos quesadillas. You got the mini chimmies. Their their menu, it's deep. It's impressive. It's going to be the 2024 Arizona Cardinals roster when it's all said and done. And it's Arizona's most loved Mexican restaurant. 
Uh, we love it. It's the number one seed in our family. Some boroughs, check it out. Make it your number one seed. They got new locations. Goodyear, Peoria on the ice, on the west side, I-17 and Joe Max. Visit someboroughs.com to find a some boroughs near you. So I was thinking about, Johnny, before we get off the Monty subject, I thought there were three key moments of the Monty Austin Fort era so far that stand out to me. Okay. Um, and I think... Uh, number one was the hiring of Jonathan Gannon, and we established that, right? How important it was. It's the culture changer, right, that they needed. And they're the GM, head coach, combo that are in lockstep as far as team building, organizational building, and I think it's it's a great duo. Uh, next, I think the, the wheeling and dealing on the 2023 draft really set himself up for success this offseason uh, and what they're going to be able to do as far as infusing this roster with young talent. And, you know, if it weren't for the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud being one of the best rookie quarterbacks of all time, if not the best, well, statistically he is, uh, the Arizona Cardinals would be sitting even prettier with their draft capital, but already still have a haul and do, do some damage. And then the third on this, and, and it also goes into what I just said as far as setting themselves up for success, is the releasing of DeAndre Hopkins. Because DeAndre Hopkins, if you look at all kind of the exiles from the previous team, um, DeAndre Hopkins was the only guy that was worth a shit this, this season. Like DeAndre Hopkins proved what you and I thought was he still had a lot left in the tank and yeah, was a good year, was the big playmaker for the Titans all season long. And that was the only one that really kind of stung, but it was a necessary evil to cut him pre June 1st, get that contract off the books, get to roll over $10 million of extra cap going into this offseason and being able to really do anything you want. Uh, as far as cap spending this offseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, 1,100 yards, just under 14 yards per catch, seven touchdowns with Will Levis and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I, I mean, th- we knew that was going to hurt. Like, you don't release DeAndre Hopkins and become a better football team. And I think it what doubled down on that pain was Hollywood Brown's kind of implosion this year, injury-wise. I mean, so you, you really had nobody outside of Trey McBride at the end of the year. And then Michael Wilson, thankfully in the last two games that you could count on as a pass catcher. And then our, of course our boy, Greg Dortch, that was hampered by playing time. I just feel like that, that was the probably one of the toughest days to do this show last year when we subsequently got the news that Deandre Hopkins was not only off the team, but he was, he was cut. They just cut him from financial reasons. And so um, thankfully moves like that, are in the rearview mirror, ripping off the Band-Aid, and now instead of subtracting, they can add, and they're going to add. Let's get to some of these Super Chats. Mike, $5. Much love, Johnny. No worries, my man. I speak for Cardinal fans and saying Cliff gets hired by Chicago. We need to beat the dog shit out of the Bears. <laughs> um, I think that's going to happen. And I, I I, want Cliff Kingsbury. We're going to talk about Cliff here in a second. Yeah. I I like Cliff Kingsbury. He's a likable person, and I, I think he's a better OC than a head coach. Cliff Kingsbury in Chicago with Caleb Williams, that is a combustible situation, especially with Eberflus. But I, I would want a front row ticket to that. But thank God that's not my franchise, Bo. No. Are we getting into the Cliff conversation now? Yeah, let's just do it now. Uh, yeah. Let's get to this next super chat. And then we'll okay. Rise yeah. up 21, 499. Bo, when do the NFL PA grades come out this year? And how much of an improvement do you expect from last year's grades? Thanks, guys. Thank you, Rise Up. Yeah, uh, they they addressed a lot of the the failing grades that they received. They they got uh, from two 
non-students, uh, Johnny and myself, F minus is something we never even saw. And we weren't exactly scholars. Uh, we are gentlemen, but we're not scholars. Nobody's we're, accused us. We of have that. degrees somehow, some way. <laughs> yeah. But the bare minimum. Uh, when those came out, when we were at the combine last year, and yeah. uh, I don't know if it's the same timeline, but I would expect it's something that the NFL PA is going to consistently do because what did it do? It produced results. It produced the Arizona Cardinals getting into action, getting off their ass and really making changes to their facility. I think they made like, they didn't have a daycare section on game day and they, you can spot it when you're going through the bowels of state farm stadium. Yeah, we've seen they it. made sure that I, they, they fixed up their indoor um, practice facility. They got, you know, state of the art lighting and turf in there. So they were able to utilize that when they needed to. And I'm sure they may, we didn't get a glimpse of the gym that was so infamous in that report where they call it a health hazard. Uh, but I would only assume that they did, but if the, what they were doing, they, they made some tweaks to their cafeteria as well. And, you know, hopefully they took players having to pay for meals while they're at the facility working uh, out of the equation. But, uh, they made tweaks, and I, I got to imagine that more moves are coming. And that's what you have to do as an NFL organization. You got to keep up with the Joneses, and you can't have, you know, a locker room that that was renovated in like 2015 in 2023. You you can't have that. You've got to keep up and and stay uh, almost from an innovative standpoint or like a brand new standpoint to keep you know, millionaires happy and, and to, to keep the playing field even when you're negotiating and trying to bring players in where other teams like the Vikings have state-of-the-art facilities. Yeah, and the Cardinals don't yet, so they have to pick right. up the tab in other areas. I'm still working to get it sourced. It's it's on the, people's radar. Like, the clock is ticking now. When do the Cardinals have revamped locker rooms? And uh, we got word from Kyle Odegaard, uh, compare.bet, from – him and, and some other sources, they're moving all of the administrative workers from the Tempe location across the street. Mm -hmm. So that's getting housed and more an emphasis on, on football relations. So kind of separating those two entities, they just, they need to upgrade like Phoenix, the Valley. It's a beautiful area. It's a destination city. Like my family aspired to move here, right? As did yours, Bo. Like we, we want to be here. The Cardinals facility needs to reflect that. Don't ride on the coattails of this being the fastest growing, you know, economic climate in the country, which it is. M match it's it's match them at, at eye level. Live up to the what people think because why does Minnesota have to go all out? Because it's Minnesota. I mean, I like Minnesota. I have friends there, but it's it's frigid cold. There's not nearly <laughs> enough to uh, as much to do as like Phoenix and some of these other areas. So so you better be up to snuff. And I give Minnesota, you know, personnel or administrative staff ownership credit for that. But the Cardinals locker room needs updating. And I think every offseason, it's not going to be wholesale changes. They will implement one to five things, and and they'll be a better franchise for it. I want to get into Cliff, but you'll be a better uh, you know, husband, wife, whatever, if you go to Gila <laughs> River Resorts and Casinos this offseason. I'm going to tell you right now, my wife, not a fan of smoky, kind of claustrophobic casinos. I took her to Gila River Resorts and Casinos. It was like we were transported to a five-star hotel in Las Vegas. And it's right here in the Valley, in the greater Phoenix area. Nobody does it better. It is on par, Gila River Resorts and Casinos, if you guys haven't checked it out, with one of the best premier sports books in all of Vegas, and it's in Phoenix. Perfect chance to dabble this offseason right now. 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, live table games, and again, Arizona's 
largest casino sportsbook. It's awesome. We had an opportunity to do all of our home broadcasts from the sportsbook across the way at the uh, Top Golf. It's fantastic. Loved every second of it. The dining ranges uh, from upscale to super approachable. They've got rooftop. It's 74 degrees. Check it out. They've got a steakhouse. Grab a cocktail. Hang out by the pool during pool season. I'm going to tell you, if you have not checked out Gila River Resorts and Casinos, you are missing out. One of my favorite places to visit now as a staple here in the East Valley, in the Valley period. Check them out at Gila.com for more details. Yeah, what is it? Achieve legendary status. Achieve legendary status in your own home by upgrading your flooring today with our friends over at Empire Today. We love Empire Today. They make uh, shopping for flooring easy. It's not a painstaking activity that some other companies make it out to be. It's actually quick. It's convenient. It's the best place to get new flooring. You're looking for carpet. You're looking for flooring. We've got brand new flooring in the big studio out there. It's fantastic. When Johnny's in studio, he almost wants to get down and break dance on it like the old school you know high school days of johnny venerable but if you're looking for easy quick convenient and speed up your service with quality service empire today is the only place you need to look for for new flooring go to empiretoday.com slash phnx and you're on the way to saving 350 dollars off new floors that's empiretoday.com slash phnx for 350 dollars off new flooring check them out do not uh, you will not regret it at all uh, I'll tell you what the Bears might regret is uh, <laughs> hiring Cliff Kingsbury as their next offensive coordinator. This is from our guy Adam Schefter saying former Cardinal head coach Cliff Kingsbury, a senior offensive mm-hmm. analyst and QB coach. He doesn't even call the plays. He's not even the offensive coordinator. I didn't know that. Uh, at USC is expected to interview for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator job per sources. Our guy Jordan Schultz had this as well. Kingsbury's USC QB Caleb Williams is expected to receive strong consideration to become the Bears' number one overall pick. Now, you can look at this from a couple different angles, Bo. Are they doing their homework on Cliff Kingsbury? Yes. Are they also doing their homework on Caleb Williams? Double yes. I, I don't know if he's a serious candidate for this job. Listen, I Cliff Kingsbury is a is a nice guy. He was always friendly to me. I know you and him had a good relationship. What why are you do what are you doing with your face? I don't know. I don't know what that face I is. I mean, this entire breakdown. I mean, I just it, it it's hilarious to me. Keep going. Yeah, he's a he's a good person. Like he's a nice guy. He's mm-hmm. he's not a jerk. I know people, and I'm probably guilty of this too, correlate Cliff with Kime, and Kime was poison. And he mm-hmm. was not he's not good to other people. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury is a, a nice dude. Should he be an NFL head coach? Probably not. Right. He's better suited to be an OC. That being said, if I'm Caleb Williams mm-hmm. and I'm trying to have success at the NFL level, this ain't it. Especially <laughs> when you consider the quarterbacks that are succeeding in the NFL right now and the scheme right now, everybody should be running a version of the Kyle Shanahan offense, which is what the Cardinals run with Drew Petzing. The four and five receiver sets – Get your young quarterback killed. They regress. And so I like Cliff Kingsbury. This is not a winning formula at all if you're the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, or otherwise. When I saw that Cliff Kingsbury was interviewing for the Bears' OC job, I went and looked at what the response was. And I can't believe it. There's like a ton of pro Cliff Kingsbury propaganda going on right now, especially in Chicago. And I I couldn't believe it. I was floored by it. Like time does heal all wounds. And and Cliff Kingsbury is like the elite 
like wagon hitcher. Like he hitches himself to a winning ticket wagon, like better than anybody else in the landscape of sports. It's, it's unbelievable. But like, is there an organization out there that can talk itself into a player or coach more so than the Chicago bears from what we've seen with the Justin Fields saga to now like Cliff Kingsbury, you got blog sites, you got reporters, you got people who follow the bears root for the bears that are talking themselves into that Cliff Kingsbury is their best option. Maybe the best option for them at the offensive coordinator position it's just, it's unbelievable to me. Like I get the outside allure of a Cliff Kingsbury. He's, he's still relatively young. He's worked with some really impressive quarterbacks that he's put himself in a position to work with. But when you like really break it down and you look at the lack of success, as far as maybe those offenses and especially the team. And at the end of the season, like I, you, you can't, you can't discount it any longer. Like it's like, it's like, Taylor Swift, whoever Taylor Swift dates or like Taylor Swift, like you see the allure there. She's, she's beautiful. She's talented, but then she's got a new, a a new bow every other six months. Right. And there's, there's something off there. There's something off there. And I think with Cliff Kingsbury, he hitches himself to some really rock solid wagons, including Kyle, Kyler Murray, but you know, from Patrick Mahomes to Johnny Menzel to Kyler himself to now Caleb Williams, he puts himself in these positions to, you know, get a, a, an inexplicable head coaching gig that he had for four seasons. And you saw that slowly and sometimes it speeds up, things fall apart. Like the, the lack of accountability and the lack of adjustments, it, it's just, it kills him at the end. It torpedoes his ability to be successful. Like Cliff Kingsbury, like, he lets people do whatever they want to like a dangerous fault. I mean, you watch the Johnny Manziel documentary, you watch hard knocks last season when things are spiring out of control and the brutal post game speeches that he gave and the, how he tried to rally the, the team up when they were just absolutely just bottoming out. He, he couldn't do it, especially when within that organization, they didn't have a lick of accountability. And some guys like Kyler Murray were screaming for it. They wanted that accountability. So the biggest thing like with Kingsbury too is like in 2021 when they're 7 and 0, they're 7 and 1, the league caught up. And he never made the adjustment back. So you're going to bring him back in this league as a play caller and I don't think he's learned a damn thing with what went wrong and how to make proper adjustments to be a successful play caller again. I don't care if he's got Caleb Williams, Patrick Mahomes or whoever a quarterback Josh Allen, John Elway coming back from the past and playing quarterback again. I just don't think it's possible. The flip of the script from bear fans, especially on somebody like cliff, when I think most people from other fan bases would trash Kyler Murray on a drop of a dime who made cliff Kingsbury, at least a competent head coach. It was Kyler Murray. And I think that, that if I'm Kyler Murray and I'm seeing pro cliff tweets from bear fans, I'm thinking I did that because he did. We know he did. (laughs) Like, save for a couple wins with Colt McCoy. Kyler Murray carried Cliff Kingsbury. Like, that's not that's not an opinion. That's that's factual. That happened. We watched it here in Arizona. Kyler Murray took Cliff Kingsbury in the NFC West with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and took them to the playoffs with 11 wins with an offense, a college offense playing backyard football. So if 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 but what do Bear fans remember? 
big plays, touchdowns, Hale Murray, right? DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. That's what they think of. Oh, yeah, those Cardinal teams, they had great offenses. They probably just couldn't stop anybody, and Kyler got hurt. No, it was it was Kyler Murray with respect to everybody else. So I that would be a very detrimental hiring for Caleb Williams development, just like it was for Kyler. And I, I think you're, you're hitching yourself to the Titanic anyway. If, if I saw somebody <laughs> in the chat say Colin Coward, who who talks to Cliff Kingsbury directly yeah. or indirectly, he wants to be paid like a head coach. If Cliff Kingsbury has options, he doesn't take this job because Matt Eberflus potentially should and could be fired next off season. If you're Cliff Kingsbury, why are you saddling? You should be saddling yourself up with Bill Belichick in Atlanta or so- somewhere else where somebody has some some runway like e- well, no one wants this oc job because eberflus is going to get canned if they don't like think about the expectations you're going to draft caleb williams then you, what you need to make the playoffs the ownership well, is going to say that the packers just made the playoffs in a rebuilding year we got to do that too it's wild those are wild circumstances it, look i mean it's going to be sometimes it's it's still tough for people to differentiate between you know who made the cardinals successful during that tenure. And, and as you pointed out, it's Kyler Murray and Caleb Williams has the ability to immediately come in the league that's and be true. the offensive rookie player of the year. Yeah. And, and that's another little point that he can put on his resume that, that he can puff his chest out and say, well, yeah, I got, you know, I've had two rookie quarterbacks and both of them are offensive rookie of the years. I helped develop Patrick Mahomes into a first round prospect and become the best quarterback in the league. Like he's got the ability to do that. But when you see it, and you and, and you're following it firsthand. You realize that there's flaws. There's big time fatal flaws there, and I think it's just tough to overcome. I see like th- there is a difference between being the head coach and just being a play caller. But when you don't hold your players accountable ever, and when you look at the Arizona Cardinals and how offensively they were the most penalized team in the league, like Eberflus and Cliff Kingsbury, that combination is absolutely brutal. It's not going anywhere. Like they're going to be one of the most Flawed teams in in as far as them, uh, like I guess playing within the rules and and not shooting themselves in the foot. Like the biggest indictment I thought this season, and Kyler Murray did a good job in not roasting the former regime. Like he was he was very professional about it. But when he just come back and they asked him what he liked about Drew Petzing's offense, he said. He liked having the offensive infrastructure that he could play within the system. And then when things do inevitably break down because it's the NFL and it's it's the top league in the world, that's when he had to go play this make the put on the cape and make the superhero plays. He didn't but wonder like I took that as he had to do that all the time under Cliff Kingsbury. And when I watched you when I watched USC, Caleb Williams was doing that all the time for USC. They just they just put too much on the it's shoulders of athletes. Everybody, that's what it was. It's just we have the better athletes, and we're going to beat you on skill and talent alone. And it, uh, remember those egregious DeAndre Hopkins route charts? They were horrifying. Yeah, pouring out for DJ Moore. All right, so <laughs> um, pouring out for DJ Moore, pouring out for our friends at Circle K, but in the best possible way because instead of pouring one out, pour it in coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks. How about a Polar Pop with your boy as a part of the exclusive Inner Circle? Gas has never been cheaper, folks. They have a new free membership problem called the Inner Circle at Circle K. Not only are you saving money, saves three cents every single gallon you fill up. Save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. I just passed the Circle K. I don't know where you guys are, how much it costs. It was sub $3. 
take another 25 cents off that? Heck yeah. Plus, you get every six free selection on a Circle K product, pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, and more. Load up at Circle K. Join the inner circle today by downloading the Circle K app. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details. Desert Financial Credit Union. We love them, right? It's it's the best credit union you can find here in the Valley of the Sun. It's the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals for more than 85 years, 84 years. Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to a community and providing financial solutions that make lives better check out desertfinancial.com slash cardinals you can get and represent the red sea with the arizona cardinals visa debit card show your team spirit open a free checking account online get that cardinals visa debit card go to desertfinancial.com slash cardinals to get started um mp who's becoming a friend even though he's a friend of me with the chicago bears dollar 99 super chat bears 27 cardinals 16 we're better in every way I want you to holster that energy. Let's come back when the over-unders for 2023 are announced. 2024, I should say, for the subsequent teams in the NFC. I would imagine that the Cardinals and Bears are going to be very close, and the Cardinals are going to have a franchise-proving quarterback, and the Bears are going to be starting a rookie. So just maybe table that. Plus, there are two teams in that division that are in the divisional round, in the Packers and the Vikings. I, I'm i yeah. ready to pr- pronounce MP that the Cardinals will have a higher over under next year is mp gonna change his avatar when justin fields gets dealt i think that's just yeah that's an evergreen (laughs) avatar (laughs) we'll change it he might be a stealer i saw somebody today say the kenny pick and they're bringing competition in mike tomlin said that perfect place for justin fields that's the perfect place better and better in every way is that right is that what he said the cardinals were rebuilding and what was the win total for the bears this season did they cash that the over-under was seven and a half. Would okay. they go eight and nine or seven and ten? I think they went seven and ten. Justin Fields was an MVP candidate before the season. Yeah, he was. According to Bears fans. <laughs> he won 11 games in three years. Goodbye. Goodbye, yeah. Justin. Um, goodbye to all of you, but not permanently. So here's what we're going to do. Every single Thursday, probably this offseason, we're going to treat you and our diehards. The conversation continues in the PHNX Cardinals exclusive member Discord. So this is what you got to do. I had people ask me, what do I need to do, Johnny? You got to become a diehard. So right now, on your phones, your mobile device, on your desktop computer, go to gophnx.com, sign up to become a diehard, pick up a free hat and or shirt every single year, and then pop in. Bo and I are going to do an an open Q&A right now with Damon Dog in the diehard with gophnx.com's PHNX Cardinals diehard the exclusive member Discord bow, anything's on the table. You guys come off mute, ask us whatever you want. Let's do it, Bo. Yeah, let's do it. Let's fire it up. Let's get out of here. Thanks to everybody that participated in the chat today, even those who are staunch Bears supporters. Uh, everybody's invited to have this conversation, debate. It's Cards community, NFL community, so we appreciate everybody uh, interacting with the show. It continues on on social media at PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter and Instagram. Johnny Venerable, Damon Dog, Bo Brock. Follow us into the member Discord. The show continues there. Have a good rest of your Thursday if you're not joining us.